and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all of the chapters from Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. We are back on the internet this week and recording not in person because I hopefully don't have COVID, but I might. Cross my fingers real hard. You can't see. Even Kevin can't see because he's not in the same room as me. Nope. So, for a couple of weeks now, we're probably going to be remote. At least this week for sure, obviously. I would guess next week, and maybe even the week after that, because my brother's wedding is about to happen, and people are getting really paranoid and being like, Jeremy, you should quarantine, and I really don't want to, but there's a lot of pressure on me. Mm-hmm. So, might be a couple weeks now where we go through this, but at least we have Shonen Jump. At least I have Shonen Jump to make it feel a little better. I thought it was another very good week this week. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I liked a lot of stuff in this. I really, I could tell it was a really simple week, or really good week, because there was a couple of chapters where I was like, ah, these go up at the top, that's easy. Wow, my mid-card's really hard to rank. Yeah, so let's get right on into it, starting with Dr. Stone's equals 172, marked with an X of wisdom. What did you think of Dr. Stone this week, Kevin? It was pretty good. I did, like, this feels like a getting back to regular Dr. Stone. The new girl could be kind of interesting. Like, I like how they're building a super genius science team. Yes and no. I just was talking about how much I liked Shonen Jump this week. This was a real disappointing start, I thought. It seemed, not out of nowhere, but like you said, this seemed like a very typical chapter of Dr. Stone. Yep. They find a thing and they're like, we need to make motorcycles! But it just, it didn't have a lot of the charm. It certainly didn't have any of the Dr. Zeno stuff from last week I really liked. Mm -hmm. This person just being here struck me as awfully convenient. Yep. And that the thing with the phosphorant letters in the sky that said hell, I'm like, oh, that's supposed to say help. I know it already. I don't know why it says hell, but yeah, obviously that's the swerve they're doing here. Yeah. And I also found the, like, Stanley chasing them bits to be weird, like... How far away are they from Stanley that he can see where they're going? Far enough that they were worried about having to make fuel stops. Yeah. Well, but they didn't seem worried about it. Stanley seemed to be like, ah, they will have to, and therefore we will catch them. Yeah, but I think it was kind of a, we'll catch up to them because of that. Like... Yeah. It's just, so he must be in visual range, I feel like, right? To see where they are going? I don't think so. Like, it seems to me like they should have given him some degree of the slip. Like, then how did he know they're going to go up the Amazon River? <laughs> I think that's the thing. He doesn't know that they're going to go up the Amazon River. It just, it all struck me as like, eh. Like, it, it's not terrible, but it's very typical Dr. Stone. And it was a little disappointing after really enjoying last week's chapter. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Like you said, the, the new scientist character is kind of interesting. I like her personality decently. Like, the idea that she's nearsighted and that's why she's here is kind of interesting. Getting from California to the Amazon in a year seems pretty quick to me, but it doesn't seem impossible. Yeah, well, it's also been, you know, years. No, she she woke up a year ago, she said. I guess, yeah, you're right. But After Dr. Zeno. Yeah, but for a geology expert, or geography expert, that, like, that sort of makes sense that she'd be like, oh yeah, you can just take this path. Just loved the, uh, you have the 50-50 shot of, you know, maybe they went up, they went north or south. Well, clearly you'd want to go south, and, and everyone's like, oh, it was a 50-50 shot and you missed. But she was just like, well, yeah, you'd want to go south for these reasons. Like, oh, only the geography person would think of that. Which kind of answers the fridge logic problem of, like, how did she eat when she's blind? But not entirely, right? Yeah. Like, the watermelon girl whose name I can't remember right now. Sukiyo. One, she found kind of a way... Sukiya, she found kind of a solution for it, a low-tech one. And B, she had, like, a whole society there to provide for her. Yep. This person did not. Which is, you know, a dumb question to be asking. It just shows that this missed the mark so much that that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, the they misplay the nearsighted thing quite a lot. Because, like, I'm super nearsighted. Like, ridiculously so. And... I can function without glasses or contacts on. Like, everything is super blurry, and yes, I cannot, like, read signs and stuff like that, but I can navigate totally fine. The big thing was the the phosphorescent paint 
you know, when it said hell instead it was supposed to say help, like, oh yeah, I noticed, I was like, you can still see colors, like, you could still see that you didn't finish painting the thing. And I'm willing to give that a pass just because it's, you know, manga, it's heightened reality, yeah. in the same way I'm willing to give Chrome and Limited Stamina a pass. Yeah. It just being nearsighted, that was one of the things, like, oh, I wasn't able to see. It was like, oh, yeah, you're able to, like, make stuff out. Because there were people who were nearsighted in the past who got along just fine. Mm-hmm. Although I also think they say that this is a specific disease that makes is even worse. Yeah. That they're basically blind. Now, I don't know how well glasses would even fix that. As someone who, you know, had a grandmother who was slowly going more and more blind due to cataracts. Yeah, glasses would not fix it. I just, I'm technically legally blind without them. Because I cannot distinguish things that I would need to. So, uh, they were probably going for that definition. But if you're, like, literally losing vision, glasses won't fix that. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Like I said, I thought it was a pretty weak start to Shonen Jump, personally. That brings us to My Hero Academia number 289, Miss Candid and Miss Shutaway, which is a much, much better chapter, in my opinion. Yep. Really seemed to not directly assess my criticisms of this arc, but really took them in stride. Because this is a chapter that focuses mostly on the conflict away from Shigaraki and has almost no focus on Deku and Endeavor and Bakugou other than as... I was going to say corpses, which is not what I meant, but bodies seems generous. Yeah. But I really like Ingenium showing up here, because like we've been saying, Ida is someone who hasn't done anything in a really long time, and he needs to. Yeah, and I like how he... Even he says he's basically like, yes, I'm ignoring orders, but... I'd let my two friends down the last time we were in a situation kind of similar to this. There's no way I'm doing it again. Yeah. Well, and I can't fault him for it. They're like, yeah, the people who can fly should go over there. And he's like, I can't fly, but I'm really fast. Like, I can still make it. Yeah. And I can't remember of the name of the female upperclassman, but I like her a lot, too. So it's cool that she gets to yeah. sort of be here as well. I forget her name as well. But the real meat of the chapter is Ochiko's conflict with Toga. Which is also very, very good. Yep. I really like their weird relationship. And I like how at the end, I'm not sure if Toga got what she wanted or not. She did. She did? Well, okay. I, she at least got an answer, which is what she was looking for. So yes. I don't know if it was the answer she was looking for, or if it's the answer, but she did get an answer and she's like, all right, my head's all cleared up now. Yeah. I, I don't have any more fuzziness. I'm set on my path again. We don't know what that is. Yes, that's what I meant by not being sure what her... I gotcha. If she got her answer or not. I really like that whole thing. I really like Toga being like, yeah, I uh, wanted to be you so bad, and then I was you, and someone criticized me, so I murdered them with your quirk. Yep. <laughs> and Chico being like, that's terrible. Yep. I also really love the bit where Fropi shows up, and Toga's like, Suchan! And she's like, don't call me that! <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's funny to me because... Everyone else, she's like, call me Sue Chan. Yeah, like, call me Sue. Like, oh. Because yeah. she wants to be more familiar with everybody. And they're like, even some of her classmates, like, especially Deku, yeah. always calls her Asui san. A criticism this is not really of the chapter, but of this story, is that I really didn't get the feeling Gagata Machio was heading for the fight until this point. Yes. When he actually arrives. And I think that would have done a lot to help the tension in those chapters I criticized earlier. If this felt like a ticking time bomb? I could... So, looking back at it, I could see the idea of... Maybe he wasn't initially when he started rampaging, but... Because he has that moment of, there are two masters, and then takes off. When uh -huh. Tomura, like, activates All for One, or All for One starts trying to take him over. But yeah, I, like, I can be like, oh yeah, so he saw that and started heading over. But I agree, when he first went off it felt like he was just going off in a direction and then like it yeah. makes and sense it, that he would redirect but they never like showed the redirection and his arrival didn't feel like a reveal either it was like oh shit this was where he was going all along yeah to me it just seemed like oh okay he was heading here i guess that makes sense actually i do like the everybody like this is everybody getting together for the final showdown i mean not everybody's here but you know, this is like, oh, all the yeah. people are getting here, and Gigantamachio's getting here, and the heroes are heroes are getting their back up. 
Everybody that I care about is here except for Uchiko and Toga, yeah. and they could show up next week, and that would make perfect sense. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That will bring us to One Piece, Chapter 994. My other name is Yamato. I think Odai might do it. He might get to 1,000 this year. I think he might. I think he, I, he might be pushing himself is not the right word, but, well, it actually is the right word, to get it done, just to be like, no, I can do this. I wonder if those three weeks he randomly took off was in part to make sure that he could get stuff ahead. Possibly. Although, from a Shonen Jump perspective, if he's got chapters done, it doesn't really make sense not to run them, so. Maybe he was getting a bunch of, like, background stuff done, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know how much he does, so maybe he, like, you know, all right, we'll bust out a bunch of the outlines and then hand it out to the, you know, my staff while I'm taking the break. I know he has a bunch of assistants, but I don't know how many a bunch is. Yeah. So what did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I really liked this chapter. I really liked the Yamato stuff at the end is really good. I like that we go back to the Ice Oni plague thing and like that's going to be a a big deal that and thankfully it seems like they're they're not splitting up all of the straw hats to fight one-on-one battles. Yeah, at least, yes. Right now, they're kind of, like, in teams. Well, they're Zoro, in small groups. Yeah, yeah, Zoro's by himself, I think. I, I thought Zoro was with uh, Chopper and Brook and Robin. Oh, yeah, that, you're right, up. yeah. And he's with X-Drake, too, so. Yeah, that that's right. I forgot he showed up there. So, yeah, he's there. You've got Sanji, Luffy, and... Jinbei. Jinbei running up the tower. You've got them uh, chasing after Oppo to get the antibodies. And I like the kind Usopp of... Usopp and Nami have, peer, have peeled off. We haven't seen where they went, but... Oh, yeah, right, because Big Mom's chasing them. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that they're, like, kind of in teams facing opponents rather than, like, all right, let's all square off against our individual foes, which is fine, but I do like the kind of, like, team aspect of what can these guys do in groups. Like, I really love the early Chopper-Usopp fights because of the teamwork involved. And even though yeah. they're much stronger now, I like the aspects of teamwork that they can pull out. You know, even the Jinbei and Robin teaming up to throw Big Mom out of the castle. Like, just moments like that. And I think, like, a plague is a really good and interesting thing for Chopper to have to fight. Yeah. I want to kind of to rewind. We don't usually touch on the covers for One Piece, but I found it notable that the gang veg story that's been going on for over a year now because of how many chapters have been missed is finally ending mm-hmm. i say finally like i didn't enjoy it but early in this year i messaged that i went back and reread some recent one piece uh to reorient myself and see how it le- read as a continued story mm-hmm. and it made me realize how long that gang veg story has been even for one of the cover stories yeah so i am interested to see where that goes next yeah, and I wonder when we will see Gang Beige again. Yeah, because it's been a while. Well, <laughs> it's been one arc. It hasn't been that long. No, but I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't. I mean, he has, gets a happy ending sort at the end of that. But I guess I'm saying the way Odai tells stories, I do not think he would have wasted that long on Gang Beige if he wasn't going to show up again. Oh yeah, totally fair. He's still one of the rookies, so yeah. I like. I imagine they will all show up. Yeah, I didn't. Like the Yamato stuff as much as I wanted to. It's good. I do like that, you know, he seems to have gotten Momonosuke's trust. But that felt like the weakest part of the chapter to me. Really? Because I really liked it. In particular, it seemed like sort of poor to end on. It's a strong ending, by which I mean not it's a good ending, but like it's an ending showing and now this person is going to do something cool. And that's why you want to read next week. Mm -hmm. And I really like Yamato and I want to see more of... Uh, him but i don't know like this doesn't seem that impressive to me i did uh, in contrast really like the uh, antibody stuff you're talking about and i love queen giving them to oppo to like include him in this fight and oppo being like why are you doing this to me well queen being like well it's not fun if there isn't a way to win yeah anything else you wanted to say about the chapter kevin i certainly still liked it no i'm good that brings us to we never learn question 180 the Queen of Thin Ice, Part 3. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? Alright, so I wanted to touch on something. The name changed between Chapter 1 I and 2, I thought it right? did. 
I, I have. Let me go back because I want the advantage of doing online is that I can go check because I swear it was the, the just like the Ice Queen or something. Yes. Yeah, I think chapter one is the Ice Queen, and then I think chapter two is Queen of Thin Ice. The thing is, that's the and sort I'm of mistake. Wondering if that was I could make for sure. I'm wondering if that's a translation, it, and that thing. seems like the most likely scenario too. Let me go ahead. I got it up. The ice, yeah. The first one is called the Ice Queen Part One. Yes. So yes, I would guess yep. that's translation. Yeah, especially with Ice Queen and Queen of Thin Ice would be probably extremely similar kanji, so that totally makes sense that they didn't quite translate it, and maybe they printed the translation, and then somebody was like, uh. No, it actually read more like this. It could also be a social thing because Ice Queen in you know American tropes. I don't know about Japanese ones. Uh, if they call this the same thing, is a character trope for a character who starts out very prickly and sort of offensive and warms up throughout, which does fit Kirisu, mm. but not really for this story, right? Yeah, yeah. So with that out of the way, what did you think of the chapter? I liked it. The cute little, ki- you know, them having to babysit a little kid and pretend to be a couple i i do like precocious little kid plots so i definitely liked about that about it but this struck me as real generic we never learn like it's not taking advantage of the time skip and the fact that we're in a epilogue is not the right term but an ending right yeah this could have super easily been a plot of just a previous chapter of we never learned and i was really hoping he would make a joke about oh i'm very good at pretending to be around relationships i did it with konami senpai all the time yeah that would have been pretty great so i guess really the only thing that is because they're not pretending to be in a relationship she's pretending to be his fiance yeah but it, it, it's a plus so, one on the scenario but it's the same thing right yeah i did like the bits not quite at the end, but right before that, where the kids asleep and Yugi is basically, hey, like, hey, I want a kid. Yeah. And they kind of bond over that. I thought that was good, and I like the chapter overall. I just didn't think it took much advantage of the situation they're in. Yeah, I thought it was nice and cute. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That will bring us to Mashal Magic and Muscles, Chapter Thirty Seven: Mash Burn Dead and the Obsidian Rain. What did you think of this one, Kevin? I got a little confused in the middle with him talking, like, everyone talking about, like, oh, no, is that going to be enough time? Same. Because I was kind of like, enough time for what? Let's make it 30 minutes. Make what 30? Like, I went back, read the last chapter, finally pieced it together because they're talking about, is Abel, I think, is the guy who got stabbed? Yep. I definitely agree with you. The stakes probably should have been reiterated here, right? Yes, because it's like, oh, he needs to get medical attention. And so that's what he's talking about with a 30-minute time limit. And then it was kind of confusing because it's like, well, 30, you know, let's make it 30 minutes. And then they're having a battle. It's like, oh, no, I don't think he'll make it there in time. He won't cross the room in 30 minutes? Well, to be fair, what? that, I think, went well because the person he's fighting is using magic to hold him back, right? And Mashal is just powering through. So it's the yeah. sort of thing that'll probably play better in animation. But I really got the feeling that he's basically in like a beam struggle with himself that he's like you know trying to force himself forward to get to him yeah it's just that that played it was the 30 minutes gotcha like i get the i get the time rush of do you think you'll be able to make it to me in time but if it had been like five minutes would have made a lot more sense than because people like oh no he's not gonna make it i was like his mashal literally been punching this dude's magic for half an hour like, I'm more impressed that the dude's been outputting <laughs> magic for half an hour. I mean, th- I that's what I took it at, is, is it's supposed to be like, look how strong this guy is. He can hold this out for so long. But I definitely agree with you on the stakes. This is basically the continuation of a face turn for Abel. It was kind of set up last week. But he mm-hmm. goes the full this way. And I really, really like the last panel, or I guess the last page of this chapter. Yes. Where Abel creates, like, a giant bone puppet to, like, push through the magic. And he's like, ha, but you won't be able to hurt me with that. And then Mashal, like, has hidden behind it, is there. And he's like, hi. And the guy's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, he's hidden behind it. He's literally inside of it. He, like, pops out a door out of the chest. And is like, hello there. (laughs) And the guy just, oh, and just takes a fist (laughs) to the face. And it looks so good. Yeah, I mean, eventually Mashal's gonna have to learn new tricks besides not the character, the comic, is going to have to learn new tricks besides ending chapters with Mashal punching somebody, but it works pretty good. 
Yes. I don't dislike it. It does. But you know that. So, yeah. So, little confused with the stakes at the beginning. Really liked the ending. Honestly, I really liked him struggling through the beam thing. Like, I liked all of that part of it. It was just right at the beginning with the, oh, no, how about 30 minutes? It seems an arbitrary time limit to put on anything. All right. <laughs> all right. That will bring us to Chainsaw Man Chapter 91, Power, Power, Power. This was a weird chapter of Chainsaw Man. I had a couple of stakes problems mm-hmm. with it, but overall I liked it. I really liked it as well. I It's really I liked the, the power stuff at kind of the end. Yeah. And also the, just the random old guy being there by the dumpster. Being like, hey, are you Denji or Chainsaw Man? Because if you're Denji, I'll help you out. But if you're Chainsaw Man, you better just stay in the dumpster. <laughs> yeah, that old guy's been weird. It is convenient that he's there, but I suppose that, like, we need exposition, right? And he's someone who can give it. Yep. Power's sudden betrayal of Makima came a little out of nowhere. They do point it out in the chapter, and I get what they're going for. Mm-hmm. It just seemed very convenient after last week's cliffhanger. But I really did like the stuff with our heart-to-heart with Denji about, like, yeah, you know, I'll be reborn as the blood devil, and you just have to find it and kill it. Well, I don't think it was just find it and kill it. It was, like, find it and make friends with it. And then kill it, and then I'll come back as me. I really liked that bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. Alrighty, then. That brings us to Ayakashi Triangle Chapter 19, Matsuro vs. Jinro, and then... What did you think of this one, Kevin? I liked this one. I liked the kind of raising of the stakes with Matsuri being having her spirit eaten, or his spirit eaten. Yeah, I did like the setup. It's pretty basic, but you don't see it in shonen manga that often, where the main the villain is like, ah, when I touch you, I can eat your the spiritual power in that body part. Yep. And then when Matsuri goes in for the final blow, he's like, oh, what happened to my leg? He's like, I ate it. I lied. That's not how my power works. Yeah. Which is a very simple trick, but like really good. Cause it was like, <gasps> normally, <laughs> normally in manga, when the villain exposits how their powers work, that's just how their powers and work. I'm sure it's not the first time it's happened in shonen manga, but it's very effective. Oh, villain sure. move. Yep. Yeah. And I like that at the end, um, why can't I remember the cat's name? I, I didn't write it down because I was sure I would remember it. I keep wanting to say Amaterasu. Nope, I'm like, that's, that's not, not right. right. I love at, at the end he gets unsealed and he saves Suzu. And it's kind of ambiguous about whether he managed to steal the scroll, which is what Jinro says, or if Matsuri let it happen. Well, I'm also wondering if Matsuri is like, it might be a case of she was the one powering the scroll. Yeah. And so since her spirit energy has essentially been eaten, the scroll turned off for a little bit, and then he'll, like, revert back into cat form. Shirogadi, that's his name. There you go. Yeah, which is certainly something they could do. Also, I hope Ayakashi Triangle isn't on the chopping block. I don't think it is. But we would be, like, this could be a powerful conclusion, right? We both really like it. But if you have to end, because you got canceled. I also hope it's not on the chopping block, which is why I'm kind of leaning towards the, I would like it to be, oh, the seal was being powered by my spiritual energy. And since it got eaten, rather than, like, even if I died, it wouldn't have broken the seal. But since literally my soul got eaten, or bits of my soul got eaten, it weakened it. He was able to transform but then if they save Matsuri, he'll go back to normal and they can have their shenanigans again. Yeah, I just always kind of think it's best if shonen manga feels like this is the final arc, no matter what's going on. So that's kind yes. of a compliment. And I, if you'll pardon the pun, I don't think you have to put that cat back in the bag. Especially with the you know hints have been going that Shirogane is more willing to team up with them to some goal. Now that does create the problem yeah. of, it seems like there's no reason for Matsuri to stay a girl if... Shirogane is on their side. Although you can easily come up with some BS reason that he can't fix it now. Or doesn't, like, if he he could do something along the lines of, like, alright, I'll team up with you to help you out with this thing, but I won't turn you back until we complete my task. Or, like, that's part of the goal, because I don't want you to just make it out all the time while I'm trying to do serious, you know, ninja things. (laughs) Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. Last but not least, we have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin Depth 17, High Tide Blues Part 3. I really liked this chapter. Yeah. The victim being the, you know, higher level person in the cult and the sort of abuser wanting to run away from it. 
but her not wanting to is an interesting twist. It's not a fair play one, but yeah, it advances the story in an interesting way. Yeah, it also explains why the disembodied legs have been showing up. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't even think of that, but like it's people just going into the sea because she loses her leg in this to basically become yep. a sea creature because the lifeguard from the last time is like, yeah, humans grew legs to be on the land. You don't need them anymore if you're going to be in the sea. I kind of have a feeling they're turning into dolphins. That could be. Because the weird dolphins that are attacking them with dolphin, because I forget Orpheus. his actual name, is like... They're acting strange, and their eyes aren't the right color. And so it makes me wonder, are these people sea cultists that have been turned into dolphins? Yeah, it also makes the lifeguard character more interesting, because he seems a pretty villainous here, but that's definitely not the vibe he had before, right? Yeah. And, you know, you can certainly do turns on that. You'd be like, oh, he didn't seem like a villain, but he is, is very normal for shonen stuff. But he seemed more complex than that. Yep. Well, even then, he didn't seem actually too villainous, because it's it's kind of like that that creepy cult leader thing of yeah, just come live with me under the sea. It's not that he's specifically evil. Yeah. It's just you know, it's probably freaking a bunch of people out. But he's like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> I get look at hot chicks and then turn them into dolphins. Yeah, but it's like I'm allowing these people to turn themselves into dolphins. I'm not forcing them to do it. Yeah. If they want to do it, cool. Come down here. Live under the sea. It's great. Anything else you wanted to say on the chapter? Nope. All right, then. That brings us to Jump Card. Jump card is the segment where we rank everything we've read this week, not just the stuff we talk about every week. We have 20 full chapters this week, so what do you have at number 20, Kevin? I have me and Roboco down at number 20, and I think what really got me was them making the joke that parodies are the only thing that this manga has, and then Roboco's sister being like, well, then this manga's pretty shit, isn't it? And it kind of made me just sit there and go... Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Although it went higher for me for that exact joke, I figured if you had it at the bottom, it would be for that. Whereas last week I made the joke about Crow and Ruby and how he's here to tell you, uh, point out all the problems with Ruby, and that's great. And I had similar feelings with this. I enjoyed me and Roboco making fun of itself more than making fun of other things. But I definitely get where you're coming from, because it... The manga is saying it's bad, and that's what we've been saying for a long time. And acknowledging you're bad does not make you good. Well, and it was especially the way, like, it's one thing to kind of have that self-deprecating humor where you're like, hey, I'm not that great of a manga, aren't I? And it's like, no, you're, you know, you're, you're totally fine. But when I have the feeling most of the time of like, no, you're not that great of a manga, and then being like, well, then I'm not a great manga, right? Yeah. It's actually not much of a joke if I agree yeah. with it. I have high school family at 20. Okay. Just It just seemed like nothing to me. Whereas like the other comedy chapters at least got something out of me. What do you have at number 19? High school family. I mean, the, the setup is fine, but it forgot to tell any jokes with it. Yep. I have a Gravity Boys at 19. I like that they're calling back to stuff from very early on. And like the cliffhanger is interesting. But the chapter itself was pretty mm-hmm. apt to set it up. Yeah. Uh, that it's my number 18 for a lot of the same reasons. I do like the, you know, the literal, oh yeah, remember back in chapter one? Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. That's an interesting callback. That's why it went above High School Family and me and Robico for me. But everything else was better. Also, it has real final chapter energy to me in a lot of ways. And i probably just getting my hopes yeah. up and hoping a Gravity Boys will end. But because, like I said, it's always best when manga has that energy. Yeah. I have Mori King at 18. I really, really enjoyed the okay. Vegeta on Namek joke last week, but this one just being a Frieza spirit bomb joke really fell flat to me. Mm-hmm. Like, continuing that parody didn't do anything, I didn't think. I gotcha. What do you have at number 17? 
I have Magu Chan at 17. I think it was probably just a cultural thing of, they were like, let's make a Halloween chapter. And then these people not knowing what Halloween is. Yeah. It just kind of felt weird to me. Because I was like, they, they at least know what Halloween is in Japan, right? Well, I think the idea there is that they do, but like it's not commonly celebrated. And so like there are people, there would be people who didn't know what it was at all, which is the joke. Okay. As, but it, that just, that read super weird to me. I did really love, uh, again, the one of my favorite characters in Magu-chan now is that anime yep. spirit. That was like, yeah, I know what all of, all Halloween is all about. Getting those sick ass Halloween costumes in gotcha yep. games. It's like SSR five star. <laughs> yep, I was like, I, that's totally fair. And she's like, yeah, you know, I made the school uniform for my uh, warrior. It was basically just cosplay. <laughs> I have Doctor Stone at seventeen. Okay, like I said, I just was really disappointed in that chapter, and I thought, for the most part, stuff was good this week. Yep. What do you have at 16? So I have Phantom Seer at 16. I felt like, I I don't know, like I did like the chapter, but it just kind of felt a little weird to be like, oh yeah, because this is why the kid doesn't want to, like, both wants to help and doesn't want to help. Yeah, I had a very hard time ranking it this week. It went a bit higher for me. But yeah, a weird energy mm-hmm. is, I think, definitely correct. When I'm thinking about that, like, I really wasn't sure what to make of it. And there wasn't anything I super loved in it, but I do like having a motivation for this character kind of finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have Magu-chan at 16, so nothing really more to say about that. Okay. What do you have at number 15? I have Mora King at 15. I laughed at the joke of after he's thrown the spirit bomb, he's then like standing next to the rhinoceros beetle talking to him. And Shoko being like, should you just be walking around after throwing that thing? <laughs> like I said, just like the the pair. I, I really like the Dragon Ball parody uh, last week. It just felt like it went too long. Yeah. And so like it didn't go much higher. Yeah. For yeah. Me. I also do like the fact that it's like, oh, now that the king of the forest has been decide or decided, it's like we're going to get the the other there's a scientific term for other zones that I can't remember. Biomes? We're like, we're going to have the king of the jungle. Biomes, thank you. We're going to have like a king of the biomes battle. Yeah. Like, all right, regionals got done. Now it's time for nationals. Yeah. I did like that escalation to a degree. I have me and Robico at 15. Okay. I feel like we said it about as much as we could. I, I like the little sister character, and that's about all I have to say on it. Sure. What do you got at 14? I have our blood oath at 14. Same. I I would have liked to like the story yeah. more if I didn't already know that the villains were complete and total douche novels. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I wanted to like this story more. I wanted to rank it higher. But there, also, so much of this is exposition for the reveal at the end mm-hmm. that makes the reveal feel really shallow. Like, it should have been a swerve in some way, right? I'm supposed to feel horrified at the end. Yeah. And instead, I'm like, yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah, it was like, you've been setting this up the whole chapter. And then it's just like, the villains being like, ha ha, I made that little girl kill her friend. I I knew you were an asshole beforehand. Yeah. This doesn't really a raising of the stakes. No. I mean, I guess you could do something where Ko, like, fixes her and that's a big deal for the setting. But, like, I'm not that invested in the setting or its rules. So, making the character break rules you just establish it's just more exposition and what was a really heavy exposition story already yeah maybe i'll like how they swerve it next chapter or if they swerve it but this one i do agree with that it was like i wanted to like the turn it just wasn't set up right like if it if they had been setting up the exposition in earlier chapters about vampire feeding and it was just like they go through this chapter and that's like oh my god the last like quarter of the chapter they're like oh my god the kid's been missing for four days yeah as, uh what do we especially do? since the last chapter was all exposition and character setup right yeah what do you have at 13 i have undead and luck at 13 it this seems kind of interesting so you know they meet with the prophet character the, that tends to show up in a lot of these the absurdly things. Ca- powerful manga artist yes <laughs> I, I wonder if there's a little bit of self-insert I mean, fantasy going on there <laughs> Although, I think it's a girl. It's hard to tell. They are a bit androgynous. I believe it's a girl. And I do like that uh, there's a bit of self-insert fantasy, but 
if the manga artist was in their own manga world, they would essentially be God. Yeah. Like, I literally create everything. Yeah. Which is not really the feeling I got from the character, but I suppose that could be the implication. Maybe. But, again, she's still that very generic prophet character who's like, yeah, I know I know the future. I can see the but... future! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I didn't really have anything else to go on after that. She's just that very generic prophet character. So, Undead Unluck is still middle-of-the-road interesting, which is not bad by any means. Like, I didn't dislike this chapter. Uh-huh. I got Phantom Seer at 13. Like we said, just weird, okay. but I thought it was better than our Blood Oath, which I felt like was a bunch of exposition and failure to make me feel emotion. So, it went here. Both mm-hmm. of them seem like they're really on the chopping block. Although yeah. it's probably a little too early for either of them to be canceled just yet. Well, after reading Bakuman a bit, maybe it feels like they're on the chopping block because the artists feel like they're on the chopping block, even though they might not necessarily That's be. certainly a possibility, too. But they were also have been at the back of the magazine, at least in the digital version, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And it also might be me speaking because a lot of Shonen Jump now is stuff I don't want to lose. Like we talked about with Ayakashi Triangle, uh, Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, I definitely want to say stick around. Like that was a, mm-hmm. one of the strongest blocks of new manga we've ever gotten. Yep. So I don't really want to lose anything from it. What do you have at number 12? I have Dr. Stone at 12. Like I said, I just like the kind of building the team of super scientists idea. So that's what I kind of liked about it. I got it. Jujutsu Kaisen at 12. There's definitely stuff I liked about okay. it. The fight is interesting, but no emotional content, and it was a quite good issue of Shut and Jump. Everything from here up is stuff I really enjoyed, so. Like, no reservations. There is emotional content for a character. Yeah, I don't know anything about I barely remember. <laughs> yes. It's like, Mechamaro's dead, and that hurts. He's been dead for a while, but it's we're seeing other characters dealing yeah. with it. But it's one of those I was like, well, Jeremy doesn't know who any of these people are so fight guy is cool what do you got at 11 i have hell's paradise at 11 i do really this was a really hard one for me to judge i do really like the first gabamaro's like yeah we're gonna fight him on the boat and then like everyone's showing up to be like all right well like this is it we either need to stop him here or the world dies i especially like it with the early setup that starts with gabamaro being like i'm the only one who will be strong enough to get on that flaming boat but then everybody shows up. Yeah. Yeah, that was very nice. Anything else you want to say on it? I got it a bit higher. No, we can talk about it. Later. I got Undead and Luck at 11. I, I feel like we okay. said everything a lot. I like the new manga artist character. I kind of like the direction it's going. Yep. What do you got at 10? I have Mission Yuzakura at 10. I thought this was really good. Again, like I said, I had a really hard time ranking my Yeah, everything card. 11 and up for me was really, really good. 12 and up even. Yeah. I like Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I was staring at a block, just going like, what, what do I put anything here? But I liked Mission Yozakura with the girl talking about like, hey, I know more about why your parents mm-hmm. died. But even though she does tell him that, we don't get the whole story, so the mystery is still there. It's not like it's been completely revealed. But like we get another hint at it of, oh yeah, they were involved with Tempopo, not on a personal level, but because they were like they worked at a hospital. Mm-hmm. And so there might be more to the story than... Because she's like, oh no, I got your parents killed. Well, uh, you you didn't really. At all. I, it's, it's 0% your fault, actually. Yeah. So it's like, I, guess, I know you feel I bad. I guess not 0%. It's like 5% her fault. But no action she took hastened the their death. No. Uh, you literally had no choice in the matter. It was like, I, because you existed, yes. But if it had not been you, yeah. it had been someone else... They still would have died. She's basically the bartender who served the first drink to the person who killed someone in a drunk driving accident. Yep. And I did like some of the fight scene stuff, especially with the, like, she's relaying messages by sending sending it in the hair in such a way that it's like they're observing the fight right now, but, like, he can't see this mm-hmm. was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, I agree. I have it higher, actually. So I thought all yeah. that stuff worked quite well. I got Chainsaw Man at 10. I, I enjoyed okay. it. I like the direction we're going. Just, like, the quick switch on power seemed a little weird. Again, I get what they're going for, but it was a super fun cliffhanger like we talked about last week, and it just got immediately undone in a way I found was up to be a bit dissatisfying. Mm-hmm. 
what do you have at number nine? I have hard-boiled cop and dolphin at number nine. I did really like this chapter, so it just kind of, this is where I guess I put it. Like I said, when I was having trouble with the rankings. So nothing really else to say other than what we talked about. I got Hell's Paradise at nine. Again, I really like that everybody coming together at the end. Like it's a swerve because it seems like it's going to be Gabimaru 1v1 at Baron. I guess 1v1v1. Yep. But again, it's got strong. This is going to be the conclusion energy, which is good. Yep. What do you have at number eight? I have Black Clover at number eight. Same. Yeah, I really liked the the guy being like, all right, you have beaten the devil. Now you can bind him. And uh, Asta being like, no, what? No, I beat him. Now we can be friends. Like, it says right here in my How to Do Shonen Handbook, we should be friends. So I never leave home without it. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, I loved, because, of course, this was the, like, the guy being like, you have chosen the correct <laughs> answer. Yeah, but that does not mean you'll be rewarded. Yes, it was very the, the good. The stuff about Asta being the person who bound the devil's son is weird. Like, that implication? That's super interesting, yeah. Like, how does he know that? It, 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 like, yeah. Maybe it's a they kind of look alike kind of yeah, thing. Which they do, but also it's all it's... drawn by the same guy. Who, To be fair, the artist of Black Clover yeah. is pretty good at distinct character design. Most of his characters look pretty unique. Maybe it's also because he's been, like, bonded inside of him kind yeah. of thing, so maybe he figured it out that way. Something along those it's lines. It's just a weird thing to drop here. But it's not a bad thing yeah. to drop here. No. What do you add at number seven? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at seven. I just liked the... I kind of liked the build-up to the end of, like, all of them are releasing 120% of their power kind of thing. And especially with, like, the villain being like, all right, well, I have to worry about this guy, but... Itadori's not really putting up much of a fight yet. And him just kind of like trying to like numbers his way through the fight. Yeah. Was interesting. And I did like the, the Mechamaro stuff with the people that was like, you know, why did you only send him in? Well, because he had a great chance of living and you guys don't. <laughs> and the rest of them being like, fuck it. We're going in anyway. I get, we never learn at seven. Okay. Again, I thought it was cute. Thought it was good, but it wasn't what it could have been. And it was a really good Shonen Jump this week. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number six? I have Mashal at number six. Mainly just because of the confusion at the beginning. Yeah. I feel like the rest of the story was fantastic. If an, if that tension building at the beginning had been done a little bit better, it might have been my number one. Just because I really loved that panel of Mashal just punching that guy in the face. Good. Especially with the reveal of, like... It's the way Mashal tends to do the punch in the face, where it's not like Luffy finally managing to make it to the guy and punch him in the face. It's like Mashal opening a door, being like, oh, hello, and punching the bad guy in the face. It's so casual for him. Like I said, eventually it'll get old, Yes, it sure hasn't yet. I got one piece at number six. Okay. I kind of talked about it. I just thought it was a weak ending, and this will be like a great little piece when you read the story as a collection. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, as a chapter, not much really happened here. Okay. What do you have at number five? I have Chainsaw Man at five. I just really liked that speech that Power had with Denji, where she's like, you know, hey, when I die, I'll become a devil, so go to hell, find the blood devil, and make friends with me, and then maybe if you kill me then, I can turn back into me, and we can be pals again. Noticing our way we're ranking stuff this week, both agreeing it's all really good, but it seems to have happened this week is, like, the little things that bothered us are what dragged things down further. Yep. I got Mission Yozakura family here. Okay. I just really like this antagonist. You know, I at this point, I hope Tayo finds a way to save her and st- have her stick around. We'll yep. see if that happens or not. There's already a pretty extended cast. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I want that means the story's progressing pretty well. Yep. And I thought all the fight stuff was cool. Yep. What do you have at lucky number four? I have Akashi Triangle at number four. Really like the chapter. Really like the direction it's going. And just really enjoying Ayakashi Triangle. I've got Mashal at four. Okay. But again, I was not bothered as much by the stake stuff. I agree reiterating the stakes would have made the chapter even better. Mm-hmm. But that punch at the end's real good. And yep. like the face turn as a whole is good. It does everything kind of needs to, I think. And I think, again, in contrast, in a collected volume, I think that's going to read fine. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is not necessarily affect the chapter ranking. But yep. what do you have at number three? I've, we never learned at number three. I just thought it was super cute and really enjoyed it. 
the precocious little kid, and especially at the end with the mother being like, oh, did you notice something weird? And the kid being like, well, yes, but I don't want to tell you because then we'll ha- they'll have to break up. And the mother being like, oh, I wasn't going to do that from the start. Yeah. I, I should have asked, like, I know we know who this character is and I should recognize her, but I had no idea who it was. Like, Kurosu's aunt? Yeah, we've met her at least once before. That's why they, they go with the, oh, you look so big. Like, we've met her and her kid before. Yeah. During, I think, one of the uh, Kurosu arcs. I mean, it must have been, right? I just yeah. have no memory of it. Which is not that big a deal in the end. I got hard-boiled cop and dolphin at three. Okay. I really enjoyed the direction it's going. Like, the mystery. Like, it's a really good swerve. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, it's not quite fair play. But you can see it as it's happening, which is almost as good as being able to predict it right before, sometimes even better. Yep. Curious to see how Shark will get involved with this since he's kind of stuck on land right now, but I'm sure the artist will find a way. Yep. What do you have at number two? So I'm my hero at number two. I really like the Ochako stuff. Uh, The Ochako Togo fight is just great. Good conclusion to it, especially with... I like the mystery that... Toga's like, all right, good, my head's clear, I got an answer. But we yeah. don't know, was it the answer you wanted? Was it the answer you were expecting? Like, And, and like, how did you take the answer? Do you think Ochiko yeah. wants to save you or not? Yeah. So she's like, I got my answer, but we don't know what she got, which is great. Yeah. And then I love, at the end, the kind of just like, all right, we're getting ready for the big conflict. Everybody's entering the arena. I got Ayakashi Triangle at two. Okay. I really enjoyed the last panel in particular, but the whole fight and like the I lied bit really got me, like I said. Yeah. It's, you know, you get a real good despair moment followed by a hope moment that makes sense and is like a raising of the stakes because I expected it to be Mitsuri's friend ninja who showed up to help. But Mm -hmm. this is way better than that. And I have my hero at number one just because for for basically the same reasons you have it too, but it's everything I wanted after out of a chapter of my hero, basically. I mean, there's no Deku or Bakugo stuff, but we've got a ton of that lately. These are the characters that have needed more screen time and they got it. They got it really well. This is like when this episode of the anime comes out, it's going to be one of my favorites. Yeah. And I have one piece at one because I really liked the setup of the game with queen and the Izoni and chasing down Oppo. And like I said, I really like the fact that the Straw Hats are kind of like teaming up rather than having these individual battles, which is probably something like, it's something along the lines of we would have more One Piece if they all separated off and had their own individual battles. Like, we would get more and more fights. But I like seeing the Straw Hats using teamwork, so I like these team battles more. I'm kind of in a position of why not both? Like, I super love the team battles for this point, but you know it's going to be Luffy versus Kaido. If not one-on-one, it's going to be Luffy and Kinemon or some of the other scabbards, right? Whether yeah. that means Jinbei and Shanji are in a dual fight or if they get one-on-ones. Like, we could definitely have this sort of branch out to where they all get their individual fights, or some of them could and some of them couldn't. We're at a point with One Piece where there are, there are ten Straw Hats. Uh, there are a ton of characters besides that, right? There's Law and Kid as well who are almost to that straw hat level in terms of importance. Uh, Not to mention the scabbards and Yamato now. Yep. So it doesn't make sense for all of them necessarily to have a one-on-one fight, but I want to see Zoro Sard fight someone for sure. I want to see Jinbei and Sanji get one-on-ones as well. And obviously Luffy, but if Chopper, Brooke and Robin team up, that's probably a good use of those characters. Yeah. Similarly, Nami and Usopp really have never gotten a team up and they're a perfect pair for it. Yeah, and I do like the fact that, like you mentioned, they could then split up. So, like, they start off with these team groups, and then they could split off in individual battles, which is totally fine. I just like that it's not setting up immediately, all right, here's your opponent, and here's your opponent, and here's your opponent, let's set off into our battles. Like, they can start off with this team group thing, and then maybe separate out afterwards. And, you know, that's how Whole Cake Island worked, right? Luffy had a one-on-one fight, but basically the rest of the Straw Hats were together. And Sanji was all doing his own thing, but it wasn't a fight. Yeah. And then I liked the stuff with Yamato. Like, I especially love him just tanking the explosive shot to the face. And Momosuke being like, are are you okay? And Yamato just being like, yes, for I have another name, Yamato. It just got me. Yeah, I mean, look... 
Yamato is the best character to be introduced to One Piece, like, since Jinbei, probably. And I really hope he sticks around. But I'm more excited for what he could do next week than what he did this week. Yeah. Whereas, like I said, My Hero was absolutely everything I want from My Hero. Fair. All right. I think that about does it for our ranking segment. Mm -hmm. We read Flame of Rekka, Volume 11, and we will be back to talk about that after the break. Read a Flame of Rekka, Volume 11. What did you think of this volume, Kevin? Well, speaking of Dragon Ball Z parodies, <laughs> we have our uh, resident Master Roshi. I guess it's a Dragon Ball parody, but... Yeah, he didn't read as Master Roshi to me. I certainly get what you're going at. Certainly there's DNA there, right? Yes. Like, I realize he's not Especially... Master Roshi, but it's the old pervy master. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to forget that part where he groped... Fuka. Fujiko. Fuko, Fujiko. Fuko. Everybody grows Fujiko. It's what she's there for. Fuko, and also she would not take that shit. Yeah, I was trying to forget that, but he definitely does it. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, you're definitely right. I, again, was getting just super strong Yu Hakusho vibes from the whole thing. Like, talking about generic shonen and needing to set stuff up beforehand. I enjoyed this volume of Flame of Rekka more than a lot of other ones, I think because it's such a, like, deep breath. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels like they're scrambling to throw in a bunch of stuff that should have been set up earlier. Yeah, it's kind of that, you know, like, you need to get stronger. Couldn't you have told me that when I don't have a fucking day before the tournament? Yeah, like, and the old man especially seems like he's super out of nowhere to deus ex machina everybody to being better, right? Yeah. It's one thing with Genkai in... Yu Yu Hakusho. I realize she doesn't show up in the middle of the dark tournament and tell them how to win. But even with that, it's like, hey, you need to get stronger kind of thing. Like, all right, cool. I now have time to train. Not, oh, you need to get stronger, Rekka. Okay, well, I have 10 hours. What do you want me to do? I get the Yu Yu Hakusho comparison because it's inevitable. There's a similar moment between Genkai and Yusuke. Where you're like, if you want to beat Tagora, you need to get stronger. But that's a way more tense moment because Yusuke is out of the semifinals to do that. And so is Genkai. Which, again, is just a huge raising of the stakes for that. Mm -hmm. Not that Yu Yu Hakusho is perfect because it does have uh, the character whose name I can't remember. I love his name. It's so good, but I can't remember it. Who's basically a semifinalist guy they fight. Who's like, well, I just wanted to kill Tagoro, so since you're going to have the chance, I'm going to be the upgrade fairy. And give you all some stuff to help you in the final fight. <laughs> and this has very similar energy, but at least that character was there as one of the ones they just fought. Yep. Whereas in Rekka, they have been collecting people they've defeated, like as this little chain of followers. There are too many of them. There yep. are just too many. I can't remember any of them. So many of them look the same. Yep. I thought the one that was jogging with Fuka was a girl. They didn't even beat that guy. That's not even a guy that Team Rekka beat. He's hanging out with no, him now. No, that was the guy that was with Kure that uh, forfeited. Yeah. Also, I definitely thought he was a girl when he first showed up here in this chapter. And I'm like, oh, are they going to go a lesbian angle with Fuka? That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. She's too good for Domon. Oh, wait, no, that's a dude. Okay. <laughs> also, the jester that's been helping them is now evil, which is, I guess, why you need this old man, because the character you were setting up for this role has betrayed them but there's no stakes to that because he had no reason to help them in the first place yeah also i found it super weird because like the way it, it's drawn when he, they first reveal the big knight character i'm like oh the jester was that all along okay but then it's later revealed that the jester is actually evil and i was like i thought we knew that yep i guess i read that wrong but was right <laughs> yes i was so wrong i was right <laughs> But like I said, I appreciated the deep breath. I appreciate that we're spending basically an entire volume on before the right before the finals. Yep. That paces very well. Just like the old man showing up for everyone and giving them their upgrade. Again, especially because, like I said, you've got this cadre of followers, and they all could have contributed something to one of them, and that would have been thematically interesting. Yep. 
But instead, just know, old, old pervert man, giving them all wisdom. Also, I guess Water Sword Guy's arch nemesis is here and has been the entire time. I guess. That would have been good to set up at any time earlier. Yep. I understand you want more stakes to this fight, but it would have been super easy. Yeah, it definitely does feel like a little bit of, let's just skip the setup and introduce people. Yeah. You know, it, it's a fine ride. Yeah. But I don't think it's very well constructed. Again, I am unfavorably comparing it to Black Clover. I think if we were reading it week to week, I would have very similar feelings to Black Clover. I'm like, yeah, it did the Shonen thing. It, you know, gave us this backstory for this character, but it, it didn't do it right. I don't have the emotional feelings that I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. I think Black Clover hasn't been doing that as much. Like, it's been a lot of, yeah, this is kind of like generic shonen, but like, especially now it's been doing that kind of well. And you were just kind of dealt with, you jumped in at like chapter 170 or whatever we yeah. jumped in at. For sure. But I, I think I would be kinder to Flame of Wrecky if I was reading it week to week. Yeah. In a similar way, it was more the point I was getting I gotcha. Because sometimes there are chapters of Black Clover where I'm like, well, it's out of the Shonen playbook, but it was still, you know, what I'm here for. It's what I want. And there are others when I'm just like, yeah, you know, this was cool when it was called Naruto, but doesn't really do much for me here. And I do think Black Clover is the higher quality work, but I wonder if reading Flame of Wrecka week to week, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. We also get Kurei's, or I guess more of Kurei's tragic backstory here, and that's maybe the best part. Yep. Again, because it does come from a character that, you know, is on their side now that they've won over, and it does create some interesting intrigue. It doesn't read as super genuine to me for Wrecka to be less willing to fight him because of this. Mm -hmm. But the idea that his flame spirit is the girl he had a crush on is interesting. It, I'm sure he's going to persist after this arc, for good or ill. Yep. Yeah, I kind of feel like I've gone over everything that happens in it, so is there anything specific you want to touch on? It It is kind of breezy read in that, and it's, it is just a lot of you know, like a lot of the, chap the middle chapters are Old man shows up and gives people something. Yeah. Usually cryptic advice. Who's yep. this old man? We don't know. What's his motivation? We don't know. Yeah, and of course he gives the worst like advice to Rekka. Yeah. You need to be stronger, Leaves. You should ask me to help you, but I'm not going to do it unless you ask. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, then I liked he's standing in the crowd when they're getting ready to start the fight. And he's like, oh, he, he didn't ask me to help him. First off, you didn't offer. You're like some random old dude who just showed up and said, you need to be stronger, and then left. You didn't even stick yeah. around to hear him ask if he wanted help. Yeah. And again, the Jester character was already one that I was super like, oh, this is a convenient guy who's just here for no reason. He's probably evil. And that, yeah, it turns out he is. But we need to replace him now with this old man because we made him evil. Yeah. It just... Like I said, it, it's fine. I liked it more than others because I appreciate taking all this time before the finals. It adds a lot of tension to them. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think Kirei's backstory does make him a more interesting character, even if I don't necessarily want him to be a sympathetic one. But it just seems like a lot of weak stuff. It, it really seems like there was no plan for Flame of Rekka. Yeah. In a way that, like, Black Clover's generic, but I think there is some plan. I think he outlined this arc before it started. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't executed as well as it could be. And, you know, Toriyama was making stuff up two minutes before he drew it. Yep. And Dragon Balls mostly hides that. Flame of Wreckage just feels kind of like a mess. Like I said, there are too many characters sitting around. And I don't really care about any of them. Outside of Team Hokage. Yep. Yeah, uh, hate to be a doubter whenever we talk about Flame of Wreckage, because it's not the worst manga we ever read, but... Yeah. And you could re you could be reading Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> and it's like, as much as it seems like we're being super harsh on it, I'm still enjoying reading it. There's nothing that said we had to read this for an entire year. No, there isn't. So if and it was really bad, we would have stopped. Now, again, it's true. I've I've mentioned this before of not everything can be my favorite. No. But I'm still enjoying reading this. So I I do not feel like it's a chore to read through, like, oh, great, I gotta read through Flame of Rekka before we record today. 
there's there goes an hour and a half of my life, or uh, in this case, an hour. It's not bad, the, the, but the worst thing a piece of media can be is be boring, and mm-hmm. Flame of Wrecka isn't that. But the second worst is to be disappointing, and it is frequently that. Yeah. And especially when I, you know, have to think about what do I want to say about this? It's like, well, it was an okay 30 minutes. It's pretty breezy. Mm-hmm. There are bits of it I liked, but I'm not really going to recommend this to anyone. Yep. Like, I hate to go out on that downer note, because like I said, more interested in QA now. At least the finals, you know, they took time to set them up, which is admirable, even if yep. I think it was a little bit... Too little, too late is a little harsh when we haven't seen them yet, but... That is kind of the feeling I get. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts? Nope. All right. That just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from our favorite down to the worst. At the very top is Uzumaki Naruto, a ninja who doesn't have fire powers. At the very bottom is that guy who's not even Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. In the center, we have Ida from My Hero Academia and Tomura Shigaraki from My Hero Academia. I don't think we really need to move any characters this week. No, no one like seems way worse. Nor did anyone impress me. Is there anyone we really want to add? I feel bad saying kind of not really. Like, yeah, me too. But we're literally talking about there's so many characters. It was like technically yes, but none of them are even imprint, right? Yes. It's not like Bakuman where I'm like, ah, where are we going to put this guy? I did think, do we want to move Kurei now that we have more of his backstory? Currently, he is at number 63 above Yanagi from Flame of Rekka and below Domon from Flame of Rekka. We don't have to if no, that's the right I, spot for him. Yeah, I, like, even though, yes, we got more of his backstory, it's still a little confusing. Like, it's still one of those, all right, so you have more of a tragic backstory. Why are you still so much of an asshole? Yeah, I think I like find him more interesting than Domon at this point, which is why I brought it up. But if you don't, we can leave him where he is, certainly. Yeah, I've I'm, got no issue with that. I'm fine with leaving him where he is, because Domon's starting to be somewhat more interesting as well. All right. Well, I suppose that will do it for this week, then. For November, we have decided to do something a little bit weird and different, besides Bakuman and Flame of Rekka, which mm-hmm. is Kevin wanted to read some non-manga, manga-inspired comics, and we decided to just do non-manga comics for this week. We'll talk... It's maybe better to talk about it next week, but do we even want to do personality parallel for these? Because they're not manga characters. And I know what I'm going to call, and I don't want that character on our list, frankly speaking. Yeah, we can skip it then. That's fine. Uh, it's up to you for next week, I suppose. Uh, it's totally fine. What are we going to ne- read next week, Kevin? So next week, we're going to be reading a Korean manhwa... I hope I'm pronouncing that right, called Omniscient Reader. It's off of Webtoons, which is the free, the manhwa Webtoons. Like, that's what they're published on over in Korea. And then you get uh, free English translations. And they do have a weird paid system where, essentially, there are several series, not all of them, but a bunch of series will have, like, the next eight chapters available for purchase. But after eight weeks, that chapter suddenly becomes free. So Mm -hmm. as long as you don't mind being a bit behind the story, you can read everything for free, but you can also pay the developers, which I believe then goes to the writers, coins to give them more stuff. But Omniscient Reader is one that I started reading because it came out very recently. Like they're only on chapter, I think, 17 of the free version. And I just, I don't want to say too much about it because I kind of want Jeremy just to go in blind. Yeah. Okay. So that'll do it for this week then. Until next week, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emmert. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wint on DeviantArt www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can join our Discord if you want to suggest some manga for us to read next year because I think our December and November are planned out already. Anything Mm -hmm. you want to plug this week, Kevin? Not this week. Stay safe. Don't get COVID. Have a good week, everybody.
never stop.